listening to the Pro Bono Happy Hour. I'm Rena Gleaser. Welcome back. Today's guest is Jacinia Brown of Lowenstein Sandler. Jacinia is based in New Jersey, and we discuss the firm's pro bono program, the Lowenstein Center for the Public Interest, their leadership team, and their innovative event, Pro Bono in the Park. We hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Jacinia. Thanks for joining us on the Pro Bono Happy Hour. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you for having me. So where are you? Where are you speaking to us from today? I am in New Jersey today. That is amazing. You may not know this, but I'm a Jersey girl, born in New Jersey. Oh, sweet. And my mom is legit New Jersey. She, she and her family are from Patterson, and they are hardcore Jersey. So, <laughs> <laughs> I like it, Jersey girl. Oh, yeah. I like to do a little bonding, but let's, let's jump right in. So your background is unique and inspiring. Could you tell us a little bit about your life story and then how you got to Lowenstein Sandler? I will start with how I got to Lowenstein Sandler, and we can, we can go backwards from there. Um, so I started the firm in 2010, and I had just moved up from North Orlando, and I was looking for a job within the nonprofit sector, and I came across this opportunity, and I was like, hmm, maybe that'll work. The firm was looking for someone with a strong nonprofit background. Um, prior to the firm, I had worked as an agency manager for United Cerebral Palsy of Central Florida. And then before that, I had served as a program coordinator for the Rollins College Philanthropy and Nonprofit Leadership Center, where I coordinated continuing education coursework for nonprofits. So I think I have a decent, fairly decent nonprofit background. Um, so I applied, I looked into it, and um, got on board. I was like, I can do this. but. Part of what appealed to me about the job was that it was for the pro bono practice. I haven't worked in a corporate um, environment for a long time, but what appealed to me was the pro bono practice because I had had my own pro bono attorney. Um, I grew up in a traditional poor family with a single mom, and I ended up in foster care as a teenager, and I had a guardian ad litem. And then after I exited foster care at 18, I started to do some advocacy work. And at 19, I was able to obtain guardianship of my 15-year-old sister through the help of a pro bono attorney who donated his services to me and helped me get guardianship of my sister. So the pro bono piece was of great interest to me, and it was near and dear to my heart. So there I am six years later. I'm still here. It's wonderful, and I really appreciate your sharing and being so open and sharing your story. I think that it's such a unique and compelling perspective for the pro bono community when people bring the perspective of not just the lawyers and the legal staff and the volunteers, but the clients and the communities that we serve. And it's just uh, amazing to be able to, to offer that and, and, and share that. So thank you so much. So tell us a little bit more about Lowenstein Sandler, about the firm and the firm's um, pro bono program. Could you provide a brief overview? So the Lowenstein Center for the Public Interest is kind of our, our name for our pro bono practice and community service program. Um, it's not a separate division of the firm. It's actually within the firm. And the program is led by Catherine Weiss, who is 
a longtime civil rights attorney. She's amazing and deserves like a bajillion podcasts made just about her and all the incredible stuff she's done. <laughs> and we also have Natalie Craner, who's our pro bono counsel. We have Denise Panzer, who's our pro bono executive assistant and also amazing. They both are. Um, and between the four of us, we manage the firm's pro bono practice, our community service endeavors, and then a few other, you know, here and there civic engagement things like board uh, board service and trainings and the like. But ultimately, the goal of our group is to, you know, manage the pro bono program, keep the firm's strategic goals in mind, keep the firm's commitment to giving back centered, um, really meet the needs of the local community within what we can do. And while doing all of this, providing real opportunities for personal and professional growth for our attorneys and volunteers, like really making sure that they all have what they need, that the firm is achieving its aims, and that we're doing it in a way that is sustainable over the long term. It's smart. I mean, we have we have limited resources, so you have to be smart and strategic about about how you're spending them and how you're allocating them. How is a team do you work? How do you work together with Catherine and Natalie and Denise? Um, do you have meetings? Do people have different portfolios? How does the team manage and work? Um, we do have lots and lots of meetings. <laughs> <laughs> lots, lots and lots of meetings. So Catherine and Natalie both actually maintain a practice, a pro bono practice. So they both spend about 30, 40% of their time maintaining a docket of their own cases. Um, so that's a bulk of each of their time, and that, that's, you know, our um, impact litigation work, that kind of work is what they, they lead. They um, each supervise cases, they supervise junior associates and counsel, and so a good portion of their time is there. Um, they also lead strategy, they, um, they do a lot of risk management. Um, you know, when we put the firm's resources out there, we are exposing ourselves to risk. So we always want to make sure that we're keeping that in mind. And then Catherine interfaces a lot with the partners at the firm and does a lot of that partner work. I do a lot of the administrative sort of practice maintenance stuff, records keeping, making sure that I'm working with our records manager and our finance managers and billing and intake and client intake and all that is kind of flowing the way that it should. Um, I also do our events, and I do all of our community service events, and I do like our other events like our volunteer recognition events and our trainings and things like that. And then we have a few other outliers like our Madden exemption process here in New Jersey, which is pretty arduous. Um, and then um, all of us answer questions from attorneys and people who are interested in knowing what the program is and how can I bring in a matter, how can I get a matter, how can I um, get credit for this, all kinds of things like that. So we do that, all of us, on a regular basis, as well as, you know, coordinate our annual report and making sure that we're doing, you know, external marketing and things like that. So we all kind of divvy up some things. <laughs> And then we all we each have our own things. That's exhausting. So I'm glad you have a team <laughs> doing all that work. And we are big fans of um, Catherine and Natalie, and we're going to have to get them on the podcast. So tell them oh, you yes. had a great time with us, and and let's get them scheduled. <laughs> before before we leave um, this point, could I ask a follow up on what you said? Because I think some listeners are not going to know what the Madden exception is. 
Could you just uh, n- not not in any detail, but just briefly for someone who was listening and was like, "What? What's that?" Um, sort of explain why New Jersey is yet so amazing, <laughs> and a little bit about what that unique situation is. Uh, yes, I can. <laughs> so New Jersey is the only state that I'm aware of that has a mandatory um, pro bono program. So if you do if you do voluntary pro bono service with a qualified organization and you do at least 25 hours of it, you're exempted, right? So you did it willingly and you did it right, then you get an exemption. But if you do not, then you are subject to a Madden appointment, which is where the, the court will appoint you a matter, a pro bono matter. And these are usually um, people who have violated a restraining order, people who a parole revocation, or um, there's one other type, I'm sorry. But that's that's generally the mix. So you get one of one of three of those matters, and you know, you don't know if you're going to actually get one. You, but if you don't do voluntary service, you're subject to an appointment. Yeah, that's really helpful in a nutshell. Um, and if people have questions about mandatory schemes around the country or in their state, just give us a call and and we'll walk you through it. But I wanted to just let people who weren't familiar with that term at least to understand what we were talking about and. Yay, New Jersey, unique in so many ways. <laughs> so actually, so I think all of you are based in New Jersey, um, but you have offices elsewhere. I mean, New York is probably easy, right? New York and New Jersey, not too far away, but the firm has offices in Washington and Utah, California. I don't know, maybe since yesterday, other places, <laughs> right, or, or recently. So how do you manage the pro bono and community service efforts at the firm's other offices? So each of us travel to all of the offices throughout the year. So we go, we go to the West Coast, and Catherine goes to all of the offices um, and works with everyone all over the place. I'm not quite sure how she hasn't burnt out yet. There's only one of her. But, but um, Natalie sort of maintains the relationships with our nonprofit providers on the East Coast, and I maintain the relationships on the West Coast. But um, in terms of sort of managing for New Jersey... <laughs> We, uh, a lot of relationship building. We worked really, really hard to maintain good relationships internally, um, you know, so that we have people we can rely on to do things, you know, to help us to achieve our program aims. And, um, you know, kind of doing touch points throughout the year to people who we don't see regularly. Um, and we're really, really strategic with our use of time. Like, we go out to California and it's like, make sure we see everyone, we touch all of our bases you know, meet all the new people. It's like, go, 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 rush, 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 get it done. (laughs) Sleep on the plane ride home because you're going to (laughs) maximize your time on the ground for sure. (laughs) Basically, basically. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about how you spend your time. Day to day, what are you doing? Oh, it varies from day to day. Sometimes I can have a day where I spend the entire day reviewing, you know, mid-year reserves reports and um, you know, which matters need to be closed and signing off on expense reports and just a full day of administrative load. Some days it's a full day of being out and about. I'm, you know, because the community service program is so new, I often go to all of the events regardless of where they're at. So, you know, I'm traveling to New York so that I can be on the ground and help facilitate a community service event while I'm there. Well, since I'm in New York, I'm going to meet with a a few new associates who just started the firm and had questions about pro bono. And so it just varies from day to day. 
every day is a new challenge. That's true. That's true. So what inspires you? What are the favorite parts of your job? Definitely doing service, whether it's a clinic, a tenancy clinic in New Jersey, and getting to see people actually get results that day, or, you know, flying out to California and doing being at a clinic and helping translate for criminal records um, clearance or, you know, being at a soup kitchen and serving food with my team and getting to see staff at the firm get so excited because they're able to actually help in in their local community. So I I like doing the actual stuff. Yeah, helping people, being there, seeing the (laughs) fruits of your labors, right, and and results and making a difference in people's lives. That's a fantastic motivator. What are the greatest challenges for you day-to-day and long-term in this position? Having enough time. Yep. There's, there doesn't ever seem to be quite enough time to get everything done. Um, and, you know, sometimes you want to be able to sit back and do a little bit more strategic thinking and how can we do this and, and sort of bigger picture, how can we achieve our aims. Um, but there's not always time for that. And yep. that can be, and it's hard to set aside time for that when you have so many other things to do. Yep. So that actually might be an answer to my next question, which was, if you had more time, <laughs> what, how would you spend <laughs> it doing? And I think that's true for a lot of people, right? We're so busy putting out fires, answering for things in the moment, checking off things on our to-do list. The big picture, mm-hmm. things without immediate deadlines always get sort of shunted <laughs> to the bottom of the list. And I think that's Absolutely. a that's a common refrain. Um, so we actually um, have an episode that we did with a time management expert, and she has some good tips about how to try and um, cut through the chatter and the clutter and spend time on that. Her name is Meg Spencer Dixon, and she's a delight. So I think, you know, it's a common issue that we all have. And we like to think of some tips for that, too, because the more we can free up ourselves, the more access to justice we can provide. So I think that's something we all strive to do better at. So the flip side of that, is there anything that you'd prefer to spend less time doing? Um... No. <laughs> That's great. Then you have the perfect job for you. That's the best answer ever. <laughs> uh, I actually, I'm actually a huge fan of, of like, sort of, I'm very task-oriented, so I like the sort of checking things off. I got that done. I reviewed that. I did this, you know. I'd, I'd go to less meetings if someone gave me the option. There you I go. Just like, can someone send me the cliff notes? Yeah. Less less talking, more doing. I think that's a commercial. I don't know what company slogan, but yeah, for sure. That's a great answer. So before we move on, I just wanted to take a minute to remind everyone that the PBI annual dinner is fast approaching. The event will take place on Thursday, November 3rd at the fabulous Gotham Hall in New York City. Tickets are becoming scarce, so if you're interested, try to act fast. More information about tickets and sponsorship can be found on our website, probonoinst.org, or give us a call at 202-729-6699. And thank you, Jacinia and Lowenstein Sandler, for being a dinner sponsor and generously supporting our work. So thank you for that. We're very grateful. Thank you. Um, So I am super excited. I am just bursting at the seams here to talk about our next topic. 
I have been a fan of one of your special events. You mentioned earlier, events are, are part of your portfolio, and I have been a huge fan of one of your events, Pro Bono in the Park, for a long time, and I'm very excited to learn more about it. So what is Pro Bono in the Park, and how did it get started? <laughs> Thank you. The uh, Pro Bono in the Park is a, is a lot of people have it on their list of great things they like. <laughs> It's a fan favorite. Oh, the name just, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pro Bono in the Park is our annual event where we bring in our nonprofit legal services partners and providers from the area, both from New Jersey, New York, and listen, if anyone's coming up from D.C., they can come too. Um, and it's a summertime event that sort of just celebrates and embraces Pro Bono. There's not a real um, agenda. We usually have a guest speaker. We've had incredible guest speakers, like former Supreme, uh, New Jersey Supreme Court Justice Virginia Long. We've had um, Jim Sandman from LSC come out. So we've had a variety of speakers, and um, but they just generally talk about the importance of pro bono, the importance of you know the justice gap, the importance of meet, meeting that or closing the justice gap. Um, but it's an annual event. It's a cocktail hour. Use a couple of hours, two to three hours, depending on how long people stay and linger, which is long. <laughs> and it got started, when I started at the firm in 2010, they had already done one. So I think it's probably going into its seventh year. That's amazing. So do you have any tips <laughs> for making an event like that a success and keeping pro mono events from getting stale, keeping it fresh every year? We'd spend a lot of time figuring out who the speaker and who would be a good and engaging speaker. We, um, we open it up both to our pro bono partners and nonprofit organizations, clients, like nonprofit clients. Um, our attorneys, we open it up to our in-house partners, people that we partner with that are in-house um, clients that we do pro bono work with, like Bristol Buyer Squibb, Merck, um, Prudential, who we have ongoing relationships with in the pro bono space. And... Um, so it's a wide audience, right? And they have to serve. So the speaker is always key, right? Making sure that we find someone who's engaging to all of those audiences. I think that's part of the key to keeping it, you know, fresh. Sure. People are like, I'm going to come and hear from so and so. And also keeping it light. We don't do a heavy agenda. We don't do um, program. We don't do. There's not a. There's not a big ask there. It's just come enjoy, have a good time, have a drink, have a decent meal, hear about pro bono, you know, put your feet up. Yeah, and um, it's nice that you take a big tent approach to inviting the community, clients, the courts. I think those are always a draw, and it also reminds us that we're part of one big pro bono and access to justice community. So in addition, I'm sure, to putting up a literal tent, it's nice to have a, a big tent approach to the to the program. So who works with you on organizing? And I'm sure it's just a tremendous effort to, to put this together every year. So we have um, Denise, our assistant, is amazing and helps a ton with this. She helps with the list and getting out invitations and keeping track of who's coming and who isn't. Um, we have great event staff at the firm. Our marketing team is amazing and they help with organizing and, you know, coming up with all of the, bringing me all the swatches and what do you think about these colors and flowers and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a, a big team effort. And our facility staff helps set up 
all of it because we do. We tent it. We have tables and everything. So literally, listeners, this is pro bono in the park. And so I'm sure you're all wondering, as I have always wondered, what happens if it rains? (laughs) (laughs) It is literally in the park. If you've never been to our New Jersey office, we have two buildings. And in the center of those two buildings is a large park. It's, you know, it's like this huge, I think it's about a quarter of a mile all the way around, football field. Um, and it's it's grass, and then there's a, a center that's paved. So we do tent it. Um, I started tenting it about three years ago after I what, I what used to happen was that they would rent equipment for both outside and inside. And then if it rained, they'd move it inside. And then if it rained, you lost all the money on all, on all the stuff that you rented for outside. Yep. And so... Well, I decided that that wasn't going to work anymore because I'm not a huge fan of wasting money. See that footnote at the beginning where I said I grew up poor. I can't <laughs> throw away money. It's it's just not in my, <laughs> it's not in me. Um, you can use so it for I, other things. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I decided to tent it and found that it was much more cost effective to bring out a giant tent. And I do mean a giant, you know, like 40 foot tent. <laughs> So suck it up, people, and and stay under the tent. You'll be dry. It'll be great. (laughs) Yep. And And so people, we've we've lucked out, and where it has, like, this past year, there was a little bit of a drizzle. Everyone fits under the tent. So it wasn't a big deal. Cozy. It's cozy. And let's hope for some good pro bono karma and no afternoon monsoons on pro bono on the park day. So that's, that's amazing. I love it. It's such a great idea. And it's been tremendous in the way you've executed it as well. So congratulations. And it's a, it's a, it's a great model and a great example for people. So speaking of models and examples, could you share some stories, some examples of pro bono matters at the firm or particular clients that have been helped? that their stories, their experience has been particularly meaningful for you and that the firm is just, it does so much incredible work. I know this is like choosing among your children, right? <laughs> Which do I love more? But you've, you've got to have some great stories to share. We do. We've, had, we've done some amazing work. The individual stories are always compelling, right? Um, our commitment to kind has been since, I think it's founding in 2008, 2009. And we have served a number of clients from all over the world. Um, and their stories are always compelling, right? Right. So, um, so KIND is kids in need of defense. And these are unaccompanied minors who um, are looking for representation. Yes. Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> I forget there's other people listening. <laughs> Hi, other people. Oh. Welcome to the pod. We love you. Okay. <laughs> Um, so the kind matters are always great. Hearing these, the stories of these children, if that doesn't tug at your heart, um, I don't know what else. I don't know what else can. I've personally been able to help interpret some of these times, and sitting there and hearing these children, particularly as a Latina, to hear these children from you know Central um, America and Latin America, and hearing them talk about the struggles that they're dealing with and coming across and the tremendous sacrifice that they make to get here. It kills me. Sure. Every time. Um, so those are always great. Are but true. If you if you want my my personal, the ones that always hit me the most are always the ones um, related to domestic violence, the final restraining orders that we're able to obtain for women um, running escaping their batterers. Those always 
hit me in the in the, in the heart and the feels. Um, and our guardianship work in California is also particularly meaningful because I have my own guardianship story. So that work is always important. Sure. I mean, an undercurrent of all these clients that have experienced these experiences, not just the challenges they faced, but it's their resilience and their strength. And it, that's such a positive and such a great takeaway. And I'm feeling like I'm shamelessly plugging things today, but we did a podcast about pro bono opportunities to help survivors of domestic violence. The episode is called That's Not Love. And if you want to learn more, check it out in our feeds. I think it'll give you some great ideas um, about how you could get involved if this is an area, listeners, that you are interested in. Um, Jacinia, what's on the horizon? Could you share one or two new things that all of you brilliant access to justice warriors at Lowenstein have in the works? Um, well, right now we're in the midst of election protection, and I know you have a podcast on that. Oh, yeah, so if anybody oh my God, hasn't thanks heard it, for shamelessly plugging along with me. It's great. <laughs> I got, I'm getting with the program. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We are in the midst of election protection, and we love this. This is our second time being involved, and so we are in full gear. Our firm loves it. It's a great opportunity for people to give real service in a meaningful way and in a short way. Yeah. Um, so we're super excited about election protection, and um, we're also working on some new things with Tall Death, so a Transgender Legal Defense Fund, a Legal Defense and Education Fund. There you go. Perfect. Um, Thanks. And for the new year. So those are a couple of things that are coming down the pipeline for Lowenstein. That's amazing. So let's end with this one. Who, and you don't have to limit it to one, it could be several, who's your pro bono or access to justice role model and why? Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I've, I've been in this community about six years now. There are some amazing people doing work, whether it's at a law firm, you know, engaging pro bono attorneys or at legal services organizations doing tremendous and innovative work. I honestly couldn't pick one or two people. I think that I'm always inspired and grateful for them um, because this is also my personal story, you know. That's right. I was a recipient of so many of these services as a as youngster, as a young adult. So when I see them actually carrying it out and when I see the results that it creates, whether it's attorneys being more involved in actually caring and committing their time and really personally engaging, that's amazing to me because it just means that there's more opportunities for kids like me to actually make it because they're getting service. Or whether it's legal services, finding new ways to stretch the limited resources that they have and meet and serve more people. And I'm just like, oh, my God, how do you do it? And I love it, and I think it's so important. So I can't say that I have one role model or hero. I consider that the entire community inspires me all the time. I think that's a wonderful takeaway because that means that there are heroes and champions everywhere. They're everywhere in our community, and we just have to tap into them. So it's it's a great answer. Super inspiring. And Jacinia, thank you so much for talking with me today. You've been incredibly inspiring. You shared so much great information. You've helped me plug our program. So <laughs> it's, been, <laughs> it's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks for listening. And a special thank you to Jacinia for calling in and for all the amazing work that she does to improve our communities. She and her colleagues at Lowenstein Sandler are serious pro bono and access to justice leaders. Additional episodes of the Pro Bono Happy Hour can be found on iTunes and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already and take a moment to leave comments or a review in iTunes. It's quick and easy to do. We'd appreciate the feedback and it would help make it easier for other listeners to find the program and expand the conversation about pro bono and access to justice. You can also join the conversation by following us on Twitter. We're easy to find. We're at pro bono I-N-S-T. To learn more about us and our work and get more details about our upcoming annual dinner in New York City, visit our website at probonoinst.org. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Pro Bono Happy Hour.